Well, we are all the way up, and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday with your boys on the faction. That's right, and I'm not by myself. No, no. I have the valedictorian, the founder, the father of Jackson and Jordan, Mr. GB. What's up, fam? What's going on, good people? Ooh, it's Wednesday, and I'm so ready for today's show. Oh, my God. Brother, listen. <sighs> it's a cold Wednesday in most of America. And in some places, this. it's deemed a cold day in hell. Oh, listen, because hell has frozen over. Literally. And we will definitely get into that. But, man, I called you this morning, GB, to talk about it. Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you. I uh, So, so funny thing happened last night. Last night, uh, my wife had me watching. We were watching some random show on NBC. And um, then she went to bed. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch NWA Power. So I start watching NWA Power. Uh, fell asleep because it was late and then all of a sudden I wake up and it's like uh, because it's on YouTube you know YouTube just goes to the next thing Uh so I woke up and I'm watching like this TNA pay-per-view a lockdown pay-per-view that had Sting against Mick Foley and like I was I was just like I don't even remember this match and next thing I knew it was three in the morning so I was like, okay, this is really weird. Um, so anyway, I went to bed. I woke up. And as I'm, you know, taking my stroll through social media, I just like, I almost fell over. And so the uh, world shook. The world literally shook. And you know what I hate? I hate missing those moments live. You know, like I like yeah. to be uh, the first to know. So what, what WWE has managed to do is is uh, again make another one of their programs relevant which again we'll talk about uh, yeah. in a little bit yeah tell me about it yeah it's i mean what 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 a great way you see their partnership with fox really paying off again we'll get more into the details but what a way to set this up i tell you man so how's your week been Man, listen, my week is going great. As I told people last week, Clack, I was with him last week. He forfeited the title <laughs> to me. So I am basically uh, a champion all over again. Oh, and, uh, and don't you get your messy butts on social media contacting him. If he wanted to defend himself, he'd be here. Oh, boy. And so basically, I'm newly champion. Uh, but oh, seriously, gosh. man, I, I've traveled so much. Mm-hmm. Over the last few days, I am home for a little bit, a little bit of time, and uh, I'm taking it easy. Good for you. You deserve battling that. a little bit of a cold, though. Probably because of the changing weather in our country. I definitely think that's it. Yeah. And somebody got their nasty butt on one of my flights. Probably mm-hmm. that's that. I, I'm pretty sure that that happened for sure. But you've been traveling too, GB. I mean, you, you went to a better destination than I did. <laughs> yeah, we were in uh, Cancun, Mexico, and I have a funny story. So we were uh, we were at our hotel and we're walking. Actually, we're getting ready to check out. And uh, someone is uh, there. are These two people at the elevator and I'm looking at them and they're both smiling. And I look at the guy and I'm like, man, you look really familiar. And I, you know, I couldn't quite place a name. And so I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't want to be that guy. But I'm right. walking away and I'm clearly going, this guy looks really familiar and um he's looking at me and he's smiling like he knows me and i i just can't place it so finally um we're walking up and as we're heading toward the lobby uh my wife goes well i don't know who the guy was but the woman she was delicious and i went i went 
Oh. From Flavor of Love. From Flavor of Love. It was delicious. That is a good time. Hey, so good. So, but I was still stuck on, like, you know, who's this guy? So, uh, Yanni pulls it up on social media, goes to Delicious's account, and sure enough, she's there with the guy. And I'm like, yeah, that's him. And then I went, oh my God. It was Raymond Santana from the Central Park Five, now known as the Exonerated Five. Really? Yes. And so I'm just like, oh my God, I want to go back to the elevator right now. You know, um, but yeah, they were right there at the same spot that we were. Um, and so it was a pretty big moment. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Raymond Santana and boy, what a come up. Delicious. Oh, you, you, you know what? You. I, I see it right here. All of the little websites are talking about it, mm-hmm. that they're actually a thing. They are. But GB had the first hand encounter. All these websites are posting what she posted on Instagram. GB had firsthand for himself. I saw it for myself, and I was just like, wow. I, I, I'm I, so happy for him because, you know, I mean, if you watched When They See Us, you it was such a powerful, powerful uh, depiction of what happened to the Central Park Five, and their lives were eternally changed. And so to be able to be in a space where you can be in a resort uh, and be with a highly sought-after female, um, and that's your, that's your thing, that's your come-up, like, uh, man, that's amazing. God is good, Jimmy. T- well, see, what are they doing? I, listen, I also knew I was in a special place when I kept bypassing Delicious to want to meet Raymond Santana. So that's a, that's another spot because I mean, what are they doing? Praise the Lord, but Amen. <laughs> well, Somewhere our wives are listening close to the show, like, huh? Right. Well, see, my wife was there, so you know. I'm, your your wife is the one who spilled the beans. She is, because I wouldn't have known. I'd had no idea. So uh, you still would have been with. Her. She looks real familiar. Right. Your wife says, "Let me help, sir." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the the ironic part, which I don't know what this means, is I saw them. You know, from the front, so maybe that's why I didn't know who Delicious was, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> that may be one of the funniest things you've ever said of me. <laughs> so listen, that's if you've been missing our broadcast, you've been missing a lot. Our quick hits have really been addressing a lot of incredible things. So the thing you've got to do is follow us certainly on social media where you can get all of the updates at the Faction Show. But you can subscribe to us as well. Subscribe to our podcast to get the latest and greatest in all that's happening here with the Faction. So, boy, oh boy, what a show we have lined up for you today. Courtney, tell them what's up for today's show. The number 190 actually stands for family, and this is episode 190 of the Faction here on Bonafide Radio, so we're bringing you in a little bit closer. CM Punk has returned to WWE. Did AEW go too far? What's up with Alexa Bliss? Also, Raw, Cody Rhodes promo, SmackDown, NXT, and Survivor Series is on the way. But before we do, we got to do what we got to do. Cult of personality, living color. Triple H said I paid more for that money. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Matt Stryker, and you are listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio.
Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the faction that was Cult of Personality by Living Color. GB, give us the news. All right. So, you know, just so that you guys know, we always try to compile uh, a list of items to talk about. And we look at what's happened in the world of pro wrestling. But really, there's no bigger news right now than what went down at the end of WWE Backstage on FS1 last night. So if you don't know, that show, uh, which had its official premiere last week, is headed up by Renee Young and Booker T. It also features Paige and Christian. It's kind of an ESPN-like type of show to talk about all that's happened in the world of pro wrestling, uh, particularly in WWE. And then they have, you know, some cool things like promo school, etc., etc. Well, the show ends last night with what Renee Young called a monumental moment. In fact, I want you to check that out right now. We start doing some of our own right here on WWE Backstage. You guys in? Okay. Yeah, well, well, All right. yeah, what are we doing? In three, surprise. two, one. <laughs> It's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the culture. I'll see you here next week. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Okay, guys, you heard it as it happened. Renee Young announces CM Punk. And CM Punk says, hey... I'm going to be back here next week. It's official. CM Punk is a part of FS1 and WWE backstage. It had actually been rumored uh, that a few weeks back, but of course they uh, dismissed that. But it's a real deal. Man, what do you think about CM Punk back in WWE for the first time in nearly six years? With Vince McMahon, you can never say never. That's right. China's in the hall. CM Punk is back. You can never say never. It's been five years since 2014 since we've seen him attach to the E, as they call it, on social media. He's back in the E after trying his hand in Marvel comic writing. A UFC fighter, not going so well. Even made his way to the silver screen with Girl on the Third Floor last month. A horror film. But one Phil Brooks CM Punk is back in the E. And I have one question. How long is that Fox money? That Fox money must run deep. Let me tell you something. And what major way to push their new ESPN-inspired get-up FS1 uh, first things first type show than to push it on their Fox show. So I think it's great. I wish that he'd known his lighting when he walked up. But you heard what the man said. He said, you think you know? And then you know nothing. I changed the culture. See you here next week. In other words, CM Punk has a lot to say. Now, if you've forgotten, here's the reason why we love CM Punk. Two words. Pipe bomb. Right. 
CM Punk said things on his pipe bomb that we'd only dreamed about. Mm-hmm. Things that guys would normally say once they retired. Right. And they started doing those interviews. CM Punk got a live mic via Vince McMahon until it got turned off. Right. That may not ever happen again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think to myself, you know, we followed a lot of what happened with CM Punk. Um, particularly, it, a lot of it started, of course, with that infamous podcast that he did with Colt Cabana, um, where he really laid out a lot of what happened during his time in WWE. Uh, he had a lawsuit against WWE. He had been very, very vocal that he'd probably never end up back there again. But it's interesting because nobody else could get him from a pro wrestling perspective. AEW certainly tried. Uh, he appeared at a star cast uh particularly the last one not this past one for all out but the one for um you know well no it was the one for all out not full gear you know cm punk back in wwe i mean like 2019 is truly an alternate universe in the world of pro wrestling i mean you know and i can't wait because in the month of december we're gonna do our best of 2019 show where we're gonna lay out you know the top items from the year and uh for everything i had on air this is definitely gonna be on that list i mean nobody it you know it it, it was just it was a video game dream for cm punk to be back in wwe what's old is new yeah wrestling is back on tnt wrestling is back in atlanta with nwa power Mm -hmm. cm punk is back a Rhodes is leading the front runner of the opposite company yeah all things are new tony Schiavone's back on tv jim ross is back on tv what's old is new yeah it's it's a special moment, and so I, I want to ask this question: When we say you know never say never, you know we we talk about the idea of Ric Flair showing up in WWE. We talk about the idea of the Ultimate Warrior returning to WWE. Jake the Snake Roberts in the Hall of Fame, China in the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, what other never say never moments? do we think could potentially happen because we never saw CM Punk actually like for real, for real returning to WWE. I, I'll tell you what would have shocked me a little bit more than CM Punk. Enzo Amore. If Enzo Wait, had come back, more that than was shock- CM Punk? Yeah, a little bit. Yep, yeah, and, and, and probably because of this, because CM Punk, we kind of, we, they kind of hinted towards it but about nobody, a month ago. But nobody believed that though. Like uh, I, here's the reason why I did believe it, GB, is because WWE is playing with house money like never before. I mean, th- between this deal with Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and this deal with Fox and USA, they could get mm-hmm. anybody. Yeah, that's just true. I mean, it, it, it's a handful of people that I say would never go on this show. Uh, probably Jay Z, Beyonce, Oprah, Obama, uh, <laughs> everybody else really is up for it to go up there. Yeah, well, that, that's an interesting. So. Point. When, when you're playing with this level of cachet, you have the backing of the suits at Fox, which now gives you the NFL. It, I, I'm just not shocked by who's going to show up. It's it's now pretty- I, I, I do. I don't know if this one of the greatest comebacks, because I don't think any of us saw that Brett the Hitman Hart would ever come back. 
Yeah, that, well, that was another one. You know, Bret Hart after 12 years and starting uh, with Shawn Michaels. But look, I was there when Bret was uh, put into the Hall of Fame. And Bret was... Really? Yeah, I was there uh, in Chicago. It was my first WrestleMania. And I, it should be noted that Bret Hart refused to show up at WrestleMania the next day. So you know how they normally... Really? Yeah, you know how they normally do... Uh, the Hall of the Fame spotlight. guys, you know, that come out. Dirt. If you'll note, go back to WrestleMania 22. Bret Hart is not there. He refused wow. to go to WrestleMania. Very bad blood between Bret Hart and uh, WWE. But Vince and now Triple H, they managed to find a way to get people back. And this is a big yeah, deal. You know, with, with Vince McMahon, I'm learning there is never a burned bridge. Correct. He, he, he at least leaves a lifeline or or at least uh, allows there to be enough time in between for there yeah. to be a chance for because think about this you know we we and there are some names that should have been in the Hall of Fame for instance long ago that weren't that eventually a bridge was built to make happen such as Randy Savage China Bruno San Martino you know all of whom should have been in the Hall of Fame much earlier than they were but the bridge that is Triple H, the bridge that can be Vince McMahon, uh, makes these kinds of things happen. So I'm curious, in your mind, what do you think it actually took to get CM Punk back? Uh, I, I think it probably took uh, people outside of WWE talking about it. It wouldn't shock me if uh, Fox executives started introducing the idea. I'm sure it didn't hurt when AEW started offering him money because don't slouch. The Khan family has that money to throw around, throw around. And CM Punk would have been a great debut. So I think when you start thinking about that, and as much as Vince has been paying people uh, to stay with him, it becomes a no-brainer yeah. that you sign up everybody that you can. Now, here's the thing that I'm thinking about, GB. The olive branch has been extended to everyone, but I'm uncertain if it'll ever be extended to Chris Benoit. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it will be. I, I, I don't think it will be. I, be. Because I think what Benoit did was so egregious that it is hard to... First of all, w, think about this. Think about the negative press that WWE got when that whole thing went down. Yeah. Um, they were blamed for a lot of things that maybe they should have been blamed for, maybe they shouldn't have been blamed for. Right. But they don't want that association again. And it takes, you know, when WWE gets bad press, it really does take a long time to remove themselves from that. They don't want to revisit that anymore. So I don't think we'll see Chris Benoit getting the olive branch. I don't I don't see that because it's hard. Yeah, to sep- I, I it's too hard. It. It's too hard to separate his work from what he did. It is. If it happens, I'm going to say it happens under Triple H's watch. I don't think it happens under Triple H's watch. I don't think it happens. You think it happens at all? I don't think it happens at all. You think it happens with AEW? No. Think about this. Nobody in the wrestling business has embraced this from an organizational standpoint. Like no, w- Not organizational, but you do have the Jerichos. Sure. Who's still very much so adamant about uh, Benoit's in-ring uh, prowess. Well, think about this. There's also been no attempt to uh, put in the Hall of Fame a uh, Tom Billington, a.k.a. the Dynamite Kid. 
with whom, without whom, there would have been no Chris Benoit, there would have been no Eddie Guerrero, there would have been, you know, a lot of the little guys who have really become uh, Chris Jericho, etc. They wouldn't have existed without the Dynamite Kid. Um, yeah, I think the Bulldogs need to go in. They do, I believe. I think. Well, I have to double check to see if Davy Boy is in, but uh, certainly there has been. There's no way Davy Boy is in, and the British Bulldogs aren't in. Are you well, serious? Well, it de- it depends on who you ask. I think they were game changing for tag teams. I agree. I Yikes. absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So this is interesting. Wow. And 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 so I, I want to raise one other point to you. Uh, and I know we're going to get into a Survivor Series conversation uh, a little bit later in the broadcast, but I have to ask this. CM Punk, back in WWE, less than two weeks from today, the Survivor Series, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT, happens where? In Chicago. The same place where CM Punk won the WWE Championship and walked out after defeating uh, John Cena at Money in the Bank. Uh, His hometown, which has seen so many amazing moments. Do you think CM Punk shows up at the Survivor Series? Yeah, he has to, but I don't think he gets involved. So you think his wrestling days are over? No, I don't think his wrestling... No, listen, come on. It's WWE. When you come back, they make you get in the ring at some point. At some point. Uh, sometimes it's a little premature like Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think they do it. I don't think they cash it in right here. Well, because let, let's be honest. For five years, uh, the chant that happened everywhere is a CM Punk chant. Do you Now, realize- let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. They just got that chant to stop. If they bring him out in Chicago, it's going to reignite that. It's the new what? But here's the thing. He signed with them now, so the chant can happen. I know, but when people see him, they'll just get all all sent out of the place. Wait. And they're going to see him punk. I, see him punk. I, I just had an even bigger thought. To some, what? To some, this may not be big. But to this, to me, this is big. CM Punk shows up at NXT. <sighs> My brain just exploded. <laughs> the war with AEW. It, I mean, because think about this. You know, I know SmackDown needs a shot in the arm. I know Raw needs a shot in the arm. But NXT is CM Punk. My oh, God. It is so CM Punk. Oh I, 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 I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if that happens, Jesus. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's an absolute wrap. So CM Punk back in the WWE. I know some people love it. Some people hate it. He's back. I'm intrigued to see what he's going to say at backstage because let's face it, you know, the pipe bomb happened after years of dogging WWE. What does CM Punk actually say? Uh, I don't know. Does this mean AJ Mendez is back? Does I mean like AJ Lee? I mean, like there's a lot of questions now. So many things can happen. I'm looking forward to see what happens when they get to Survivor Series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be special. So what a shot in the arm for WWE, certainly in the war against AEW. And speaking of AEW, they had their final pay-per-view of 2019 over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Took place in Baltimore uh, at the Royal Farms Arena, the former Baltimore Arena, the same place where uh, the great Sting won his first World Heavyweight Championship against Ric Flair at the infamous 1990 Great American Bash. 
So the match starts with, uh, of course, the opening match, um, which was part of uh, the the buy not buyout all in. What do they call it? What do they call that? Buy-in. It's buy. It buy-in. is called the buy-in. Okay, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, the buy-in. It's the buy-in uh, that saw B Priestley take on Dr. Britt Baker. Dr. Britt Baker won that match, but then we saw Awesome Kong and Brandy Rhodes show up and beat everything standing. Pretty amazing. Jesus. Um, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. We saw Proud and Powerful, which is Santana and Ortiz, defeat the Young Bucks. Man, the Young Bucks can't get a break and can't seem to get a win. They can't win a thing. It's crazy. Hangman Page defeats the Bastard uh, Pack. Then we see Sean Spears get the win over Joey Janela. Um, then in the tag title match, SCU defeats the Lucha Brothers and Private Party to retain the championship. Uh, Riho retains the AEW World Women's Championship against Emi Sakura. Then the match for the AEW World Championship takes place as Chris Jericho defeats Cody Rhodes to retain the championship. Cody gets turned uh, turned on by MJF. And in what seemingly was the main event, the unsanctioned, brutal, lights-out match, John Moxley defeats Kenny Omega. So we'll talk about that uh, promo prior to uh, in the next segment. But what would you think of AEW Full Gear? Overall, the card was really good. Yeah. I thought it was a great card. Uh, now, I don't normally disagree with Brian Mazik from uh, – Forbes on his wrestling stuff, but I'm going to disagree with him on one thing. He called the card an overall B minus, and I normally like to see what he calls the brother who's writing over there. He normally does good, but he was against John Moxley and Kenny Omega. He gave that match an F. Wow! And so we, we we are definitely on opposite ends of the spectrum on that. Okay. I thought that Cody and Jericho was definitely an A1 match, mm-hmm. especially with the turn of uh, MJF at the end. Yeah, Everything on this card was well done. They are taking their time, developing something strong, and the audience can keep up. So let me ask this question because there are a lot of people who are who are saying that the John Moxley Kenny Omega match was over the top. That it, it, no. in other words, it was too violent. No, it wasn't at all. Okay, tell me why you think it wasn't that. at all. It is the wrestling that I personally grew up with. I grew up in Mid Atlantic. I grew up with NWA. One of the things that I love was Dusty Rhodes coined the bunkhouse matches. Okay. Those bunkhouse matches where anything goes, there'll be some blood. Mm-hmm. There'll be some raking of the eyes. Yeah, raking of the back. Now, if you offer this every pay per view, it's bothersome. Right. But every now and then, how it goes down. Well, I loved every second of it. And I think the thing we have to remember is there is still very much the hardcore wrestling fan. Um, the fan yes. who loved ECW, the fan who loved CC, CZW, which uh, is where John Moxley got his kicks. And I have to give AEW props for giving us the John Moxley history, uh, going back and securing that footage from CZW, allowing us to see who he was before he became Dean Ambrose. Yes. And it really adds some light as to uh, why Dean Ambrose really seemed to be lackluster because it really wasn't who John Moxley was. So uh, shout out to them for ensuring that they do that. And uh, yeah, great, great stuff. Another big pay-per-view. I appreciate that AEW is taking their time in between pay-per-views, not giving us a pay-per-view every month. So we have something to look forward to. 
and uh, it's going to make tonight very, very interesting on AEW Dynamite. Listen, I thought it was good. People need to get over it. it it's 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 wrestling, man. Listen, we we are developing a safe world where people they you know if you don't like it, turn the TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So, but wait a minute, that the whew, Cody hitting his head on that rail, man. Yeah. On the oh. This is what this is Cody. why they're saying they're they're doing perhaps a little too much because Cody is taking some really tough shots. Think about that chair shot he took at a double or nothing. Like that was a lot. But you know what he's doing now, GB? He's all in. Oh well, he is. He's literally all in. He is. And again, you know, we questioned last week whether or not he would win the championship. Uh, I think it's a good move that he's not going to get another title shot, or at least for the time being. Though I think at some point yeah. he will. At some point, he will. Cody is reminiscent of Shawn Michaels towards the end. Um, he doesn't need a belt to be relevant. And I think that's important. And also, if you notice, Cody's slowing down a little bit. Well, he's getting older. I mean, he's been yeah, doing he's a this for quite some time. Right. So, uh, yeah. very interesting. And plus, he had an amazing run before he started AEW. Think of all the championships oh, he won. What a run he went on. He was the Ring of Honor world champion. He was uh, NWA world champion. I mean, like... I don't know that he needs the AEW world title. I, I joke and say this. Kurt Angle taught us it could be done. Cody said it will be done. Yeah, absolutely. So when we come back, we're going to talk about, speaking of Cody Rhodes, that infamous promo that was heard all around the world. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the latest move for Stone Cold Steve Austin. I alluded to it in yesterday's Quick Hits, but we're going to have a full conversation about it. We'll get into Monday Night Raw as well. But right now, let's go to some music from CFO. It's a theme song for the Undisputed Era. You've got it locked to the faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. You know it's the Mac Militant. Coming to get it all. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's real talk, players. Holla, holla, holla. Shock the system.
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Pain in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. Find out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Oh, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. I can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click advertise uh-huh. or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, this is Courtney. Welcome back to the faction. That was Undisputed Era's theme song by CFO. GB, let's get it. All right. So we wanted to get into, we were talking a bit about AEW before we left. We wanted to get into the promo heard around the world as uh, Cody Rhodes last week dropped an amazing promo uh, leading us up to uh, full gear where he said that he would not fight for the AEW championship ever again if he did not beat Chris Jericho. It was a promo that really the world talked about. I got goosebumps when I watched it. Uh, I know you did as well, Courtney. Let's talk a bit about that promo and uh, what we think that does for the legacy and the legend of Cody Rhodes. You know, Cody dresses like his father now and when it comes to looking more business for the day. Yeah. Dusty looked like how he looked for his day. Cody's rocking a suit now. Cody has bleached his hair like his father. He is now the American Nightmare. He needed an epic promo in the ring. Yes. Not pre-recorded, not getting a few chances, in the ring. And Cody laid the stepping stones to what I believe is going to be a great back-end legacy of great promos. Mm-hmm. His timing was good. Yeah. His cadence was good. Yeah. His verbiage was good. And we all walked away saying, at first, I was undesirable. Now I'm undeniable. Yeah. Cody, like Tyler Perry, built his own table. He did, and he's doing something really significant, and what I love is who he's including to be a part of that, because I also understand that the promo coach in AEW is his brother, Dustin Rhodes. Oh, that makes total sense, mm-hmm. because it had old, dusty flair to it. Yes. Oh, uh, let, let, me, let me, if... If you ever hear them do their impressions of Dusty, Dustin's is more uh, the slower, 
uh, version of Dusty. It is the, the American dream. Mm -hmm. Dusty Rhodes sitting here. And when Cody does his, it's a little more faster pace. So you bring the two in there, add some new age. Cody brings a little tears into it, which is a Cody thing. And we're off to the races. And it is special. It is apt. You know, the one thing that's great about a promo, because, you know, back in the 80s and in the 90s even, people weren't necessarily looking for the formula. People just did it. And you knew it was magic. Now, just like we've seen in everything, the music industry, etc., everyone's looking for the formula. Uh, and they're trying to create a formula to do what was done organically. How do we know it's a great promo? Because in the moment, we as the fans will feel it. <laughs> it will we register it. with us. We you know, knew it. There's a there's a huge difference between what Cody Rhodes did in the ring Wednesday night uh, and what Lana did in the ring Monday night. Everybody can't do it. Everybody, Everybody can't do it. They can't. They can't do it. And so I think again, you know, Cody Rhodes doing this, and I gotta say this too. Cody Rhodes not winning the AEW championship, the Young Bucks not being the tag team champions, Kenny Omega having a losing record in a company where they are all EVPs is a great statement yeah. to me. It, it says a whole lot. It does. It says a whole lot. But I will tell you this, though, because we are all wrestling fans, there is that one moment where we want to see them all dripped in gold. There is, but I don't think it has to be at the start. It doesn't have to be now, though. Yeah. Because what, what I love they're doing now is they are putting over others yeah. to help them become uh, household names. Well, and I think they realize, too, that, again, you know, of all the people in AEW right now, the only legit household names are Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes. That's um, it. That's it. You know, so for all that uh, Kenny Omega did in Japan, it doesn't really mean anything here in the States. Yeah. But it's kind of cool watching Kenny rebirth himself, though. It is. Because you have to remember so, something. We have not in the States seen Kenny Omega on our televisions on a weekly basis. You know? No. We, as we, a matter of fact, Kenny's, um, Kenny's breakout in the States happened. If you go back, guys, and listen to the interview we did with Gary Lamb of Southern Honor Wrestling. That was one of Kenny's first debuts in, inside of the United States. And that was major. It really was major. Uh, and if you think about it again, most of us in the States really found out about Kenny Omega thanks to Russell Kingdom uh, a couple of years ago against Okada. But it wasn't something where we'd be able to see him on our televisions on a weekly basis or even be able to see him tangible in, a, in an arena. So really, Kenny Omega and a lot of the AEW superstars, whether they are new or experienced, are really just kind of beginning to build their cachet in a real way. Yeah, and that's what we want from them. They're building it up. They're building guys like a MJF. They're building guys like a was it Pride and uh, Power? Pride. Yeah, it's Pride and Powerful. Or power. Yeah, Pride and Powerful. Santana. Pride and Power. But see, like them, for instance, Santana and and Ortiz. We at least saw them on Impact for years uh, before you know it was hard to get a hold of Impact. Truth, and like I always say, Clack and I saw them wrestle in a bar here yeah. for River City Wrestling. Not. Uh, about four years ago. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a pretty big situation that we've got going on here with uh, all of these guys and what they're trying to do. And again, it is a bigger picture than just one person getting over. It is about creating a new crop of stars, which I have to say this. 
it is this is one of the things that af- actually differentiates them from WCW because oh, yeah. WCW really did not look to build a lot of new stars. They looked to take the cachet from the WWE and yeah. build off of their stars. So this is a really powerful and, moment. And listen to me, Cody has those interviews memorized of the what made WCW fall. He yes. also has Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone in his ear, yes. Arn Anderson, mm-hmm. and Dean letting Malenko. him know. That, yeah, Dean Malenko, this mm-hmm. is how it fell. Yeah. This is why we left. Yeah, and I think that's important, you know. So shout out to Cody, shout out to AEW. And I think people have to be able to understand as well that what we're watching, this isn't WCW versus WWE again because you no. have a lot of very different scenarios at work. So Tony Schiavone did mention that that uh, he mentioned WCW Thunder when he was talking about Jushin Thunder Liger on the uh, show uh, the other day. That's what I really love about AEW, really, is that they're not afraid to talk about the fact that they aren't the only kid on the block. Right. You know, I love the fact that there was mention uh, on AEW of New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, and other spaces. I think that's important. Um, for them to be able to acknowledge it because the truth of it is it's really in some cases the only way they're going to be able to build uh, additional cachet for their superstars in the eyes of these uh, current American fans. Right, right, right. And so I totally agree with you. They're doing it slow. They're doing it methodical. They're not making any splash moves yet. They're just building something slowly. Well, speaking of New Japan, interestingly enough, they had their first official New Japan Pro Wrestling of America show on the same day at the same time as AEW Full Gear. It happened uh, in San Jose at the San Jose Civic Center uh, on Saturday. You can check it out on NJPW World. It did stream live there. And uh, what was significant about it, uh, it gave us, of course, a bit of a preview for Wrestle Kingdom 14. But what it also did was it was the last U.S. appearance of Jushin Thunder Liger pretty significant stuff so we're going to be keeping you posted as uh we are on the road to wrestle kingdom which is i'm telling you it's going to be a two-day show it's going to be absolutely huge and i think uh like we mentioned last week it could become the prototype for what wrestlemania needs to do uh come 2021 yes uh let's see if they're if they're taking away the takeovers i i think that they should go with that yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense. A whole I, lot of sense. I, I do hate to see Takeover leave WrestleMania weekend, though. It's such a, it's been so good for wrestling. Well, I'll say this. I mean, you know, there's no telling what they'll do during WrestleMania weekend. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Takeover during WrestleMania weekend. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see it for Royal Rumble weekend. Um, but I'll say this much. God knows how much more can they cram into WrestleMania weekend considering now you have the new wrinkle of SmackDown on Fox on that Friday night where that wow. used to, that used to be the Hall of Fame night. So logistically, this could be a challenge to do. Um, so they're probably going to gonna move the Hall of Fame to Saturday. Right. Which, so now you have SmackDown on Friday, mm-hmm. Hall of Fame on Saturday. Mm-hmm. During the daytime, they still have to pump their money into all the other wrestling uh, live events that they're going to do. The access uh, and things like so that. So if yeah. they're smart, uh, WrestleMania this year is where? It's in Tampa Bay. In Tampa, if they're smart, they have SmackDown in Jacksonville. No, I think they're going to have it in Tampa because it's that Friday night. 
So yeah, you I, don't, think, I think they have to. You don't, I you think they really do. You don't want the wrestlers having to see. Here's my thought: like they don't usually take those kinds of chances WrestleMania weekend because if they haven't learned anything from Saudi Arabia and uh, their their trips to to Chile and other places, travel issues can happen even between Jacksonville and Tampa. Though I get what you're saying, Jacksonville being the home of AEW, but I think it's going to be more impactful for AEW to attempt to show up during WrestleMania, but I don't think they will. I don't oh, think they will. Oh, God, can you imagine will. that, man? Them trying to get in with buying front row tickets. But you, but you know what? See, the reason why they wouldn't do that is because it would be an acknowledgement that WrestleMania is the big show. Yeah, I don't think... I think Cody said that they would stay far away from that. Cody said yeah. that he was against people actually going to the, the, the WrestleMania weekend sure. and putting on shows. But you can say that when you have that backing. Exactly. When you, when you have $100 million, you can say it. Exactly. But when you only have $10,000, you need to go that weekend to make fifty. I totally agree. I totally agree. So let's get into this very quickly before we move to the Raw recap. Some injuries to report in WWE. Alexa Bliss is out for an undisclosed period of time, which is why we haven't seen her uh, since prior to the draft. Uh, she's out with an injury, and it's just been reported uh, late last night that Johnny Gargano will not be cleared for NXT TakeOver. Now, that's a big deal because NXT TakeOver War Games is going to be happening, and uh, I know he was going to be, at least he was rumored to be, potentially part of uh, the War Games team to team with uh, Johnny Gargano and uh, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle against the Undisputed Era. So I wonder who the fourth man will be potentially uh, in that tag team. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean... In a perfect world, it, hey, CM Punk, like you called. Listen, let me tell you something. You want to talk about a place going up? CM Punk in war games for NXT? Forget Man, it. Forget in it. a perfect world, CM Punk. But, uh, you know, you think about who they can add to it that represents NXT well. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you, could, you could throw a, I hate to say it, you could throw somebody who's not on their roster, Seth Rollins in there, first champion, I believe. Yes, but, um, but I just thought about another potential role for CM Punk. Can you imagine CM Punk being the manager of the Undisputed Era? Listen, that thing right there, because Undisputed Era is already, for me, the new horseman. Oh, absolutely. The Without horseman question. of the 20s. They, they, uh, they but, need a J.J. Dillon. They, they would have a talker on their hands. They would. They would. That would be absolutely special. Also in the news, Sin Cara has requested his release from WWE. He has three more years on his contract. Uh, it is rumored that he'd like to join up with Alberto El Patron uh, in his new potential uh, promotion. But I don't think WWE is exactly going to be letting Sin Cara go. What do you think about this move? Again, another wrestler going to social media asking for their release from WWE. Social media has given the wrestler who is a, I believe, uh, according to one of our close friends, who are they are independent contractors. Mm-hmm, they are has given them the platform to voice their opinion. Yeah. When before there was no outlet, we never knew what Magnum T.A. was thinking back in the day. Sure. We never knew what Scott Hall was thinking. Uh, so now he's using his platform. Some wrestlers have used their platform lately. They've shook up the wrestling landscape. Others have used it to start wars. Sin Cara says, I want to get out of here. Let the man go. 
He's giving you a long time to Sin Cara too, right? Yeah. Well, I'll also say this. Uh, losing a Sin Cara is not like losing a... Uh, God, pick somebody, anybody, right? Like Sin Cara has not been that kind of a contributor to all things WWE. So yeah, there are three years left in his contract. He's not going to be in a winning program anytime soon. Um, he's proven to be too injury prone to do that. So I say just let him go. I mean, he's not. Yeah. I don't. I don't see him flourishing in AEW. If he wants to do some things with Patron, so be it. But like, I I just say let him go. Yeah, I don't see where he's added any value to the roster. I hate None. to say it. None. The it's first true. Sin Cara was special, though. He was. The first one was amazing. Um, the first one was, re- which kind of proves again, you know, getting these replacements doesn't work. It didn't work for uh, The Undertaker. It didn't work for Kane. It didn't work for Razor and Diesel. And it's not working for Sin Cara. But uh, with that said, it's time to check out. Uh, what happened this past Monday night for all the things that have happened in the world of pro wrestling? Uh, one thing that doesn't change here on the faction is our raw report. So we're going to get our raw report Courtney, courtesy of Courtney Beard. Courtney, take it away. WWE Not Raw Live was taped in Manchester, England, Raw. You said not the raw Manchester live. Ar- <laughs> Huh? You said not raw live. That's so funny. No, it wasn't. It wasn't live. It was taped. It, this is true. Yeah, it was taped and also edited out so they could put chance in when Seth Rollins came out instead of booze. Well, no, there were booze. There were very clear booze. But, but they, they they piped in some some of that. <laughs> so live from Manchester Arena. Things kicked off when WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the Kabuki Warriors, defeated Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair when the champion from NXT showed up and said, who won't this work? And Bailey said, I'm about to hand it out. Side note, I've had a lot of jokes about Bailey over the years. Mm-hmm. But black hair Bailey, she'll be respected. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So absolutely. let it be written, so let it be done. Drew McIntyre defeated Sin Cara. He'll never get released. The Singh Brothers uh, versus R-Truth ended in a no contest. Seth Rollins defeated WWE United Kingdom champion Walter. Good to see Walter on TV. Yes. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and the Street Profits defeated Imperium. Andrade defeated Cedric Alexander. Lana claimed to be pregnant pregnant with Rusev's child. Jesus. Mm. Eric Rowan defeated Sonar Durson. Raw Tag Team Champions of Viking Raiders defeated Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, who... Uh, Lawler kept calling Flash Gordon. Oh I think he was God. just totally lost. Yeah, totally. Randy Orton, Ricochet, Umberto defeated the OC. GB, what did you think? So, I feel like 2019 has seen many attempts to revive what we know as Monday Night Raw, um, and none of them have seemingly worked long term. Uh, I am just oh first of all I'll say this and I said this during the quick hits but it's worth repeating that is the most exciting thing about Monday Night Raw is seeing anybody from NXT show up so whether it is Shayna Baszler or what I thought was brilliant NXT UK it speaks to the global nature of this brand and um, you can get hit either with Imperium or you can get hit with the Undisputed Era but somebody from NXT is going to give it to you and I love every bit of that Um, I think it makes sense now what was interesting to me was that 
the NXT UK contingency, which, you know, are born and bred there in the UK, did not get a larger response, which says to me that we have a global issue in the world of pro wrestling, that there are always your hardcore fans who pay attention to what's happening in whatever region you're in, but then there are also those commercial fans. And think about it. Most of the places in the UK that does wrestling does it to a house of about 2,000 tops. But So you're talking about filling up an arena of 15,000, 16,000 people. You got casual fans. I couldn't believe that that the house didn't go crazy you, you got something you want to say, son? Okay, yeah. he's excited. He, I mean, he's over he's here smiling. Talking. He's smiling and laughing and enjoying it. Um, yeah. That, that, that's how he Listen, my <laughs> godson has the reaction that we had about Raw. He's like, eh. Yeah, he's like, ah, whatever. So I, I would just, bless you, I would just say that it really showed me uh, globally the fact that wrestling fans to some degree are the same. You know, where you have your people who are casual fans who like what the mainstream piece is showing. Um, But then on the other side of it, you have the hardcore folks who are paying attention. So the folks who obviously pay attention to Progress and uh, Defiant and the other organizations certainly made a lot of noise for Walter and Imperium. But uh, by and large, they by and large, the fans there didn't, which also says to me that they aren't watching NXT UK as they should. Yeah, but they did turn up for Walter, though. They did turn up for Walter. Well, Walter's a massive star. They did turn up star. for Walter, definitely. Walter's a massive star. And, and and I don't know that that audience properly respected a Walter versus Seth Rollins dream match. No, that was a really uh, good good match on paper. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing to see. So, yeah, I, I, that was that was my thing. Um, you know, again, I and think Mark Andrews and Flash Flash Morgan looked so good. Yeah, they did. They did. It was, it was shout a, out to Viking Raiders for allowing them to get their moves in. It was a great showing, and it was very respectful of of the Viking Raiders to be able to do that for these former NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Now, Lana, Rusev, Lashley. Can somebody find an angle that will work for Bobby Lashley? I just think about last year, or maybe it was the year before, the horrible situation that you had involving Lashley and Sami Zayn with his alleged sisters. That was just terrible, you know. And now you've got this scenario here, um, you know, which I'm hearing was Rusev's idea. This whole angle is Rusev's idea. Rusev. That is Rusev's a freak. Well, Rusev is a freak. Rusev, out of all of this, is the one who is, I think, winning. Um, This doesn't make Lana look good. Lana has completely abandoned her Russian accent. Um, Lana is not believable. I mean, let's think about this. You mean to tell me that a woman like Lana is going to be upset that her husband only wants sex from her? What wife has ever said that? None in America. None ever. None ever. What wife has said all the man wants to do is impregnate me? And then this whole idea of saying, you know, it's our seven week sex anniversary, but I'm nine weeks pregnant. Do the math. And you're doing all of this running and jumping in the ring, etc. Listen, we all know no woman at nine weeks looks pregnant. 
right? Your right. stomach isn't showing. Look, I remember taking pictures of Yanni as she was trying to uh, chronicle the journey of pregnancy. And at nine weeks, she kept trying to poke her little stomach out so she could have a bump. I'm <laughs> like, babe, trust me, give it time. You're going to have a bump. And so when she you, finally gets you to, to have more than you want, <laughs> you know what I mean? So when she finally did get to have a bump, she looked back at those old pictures and she was like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? I said, I told you, you know, so right. it's not believable, which is why it's not yeah. translating. They need to do a hard, fast stop on this, put an end to it and move to something else, because this is bad for business. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's going nowhere fast. I don't hear anybody talking about it on social media. And I don't know if they need to help the storyline. Listen, the ratings have been really good. Last week, Raw did a 2.1. Week before that, a 2.13. The week before that, a 2.3. People are watching. They just don't want to see that. Nope, they just don't want to see it. So with that said, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into Survivor Series. Survivor Series is just a week and a half away. We're going to start talking about what it looks like right now um, and talk about perhaps some great Survivor Series moments that have happened and where we think this one will line up in the realm of all things Survivor Series. Plus, we might find out what may happen with the Faction Championship next week. So we'll talk about that. But right now, let's go to some music. Uh, It's the theme song for Monday Night Raw coming from Skillet. They call this one Legendary. You've got it locked to the Faction, powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank! What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to the Faction.
Domingo Mijo. Born Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I don't know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, no, 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 James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction that was legendary by Skillet. GB, come on, let's talk about SmackDown. All right. So, of course, SmackDown is getting ready to go down this Friday and some pretty incredible things we're looking to see happen. But um, everybody's still measuring the amazing success of SmackDown based on what happened now about two weeks ago with the invasion of NXT. You know, it was amazing to see how they took a moment that uh, certainly looked like it was going to be bad with most of the SmackDown roster being in Saudi Arabia and turned it into something absolutely special. So that's leading us, of course, to the Survivor Series, which happens a week from this coming Sunday. And uh, there are a number of uh, pretty significant moments that are happening relative to that. We do have some information. Uh, Of course, we know it's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. And we now have an idea of what some of the uh, tag team matches are going to look like in terms of representatives of both Raw and SmackDown. So... The Raw team that's going to battle in the men's elimination match uh, looks like this. It's uh, captained by Seth Rollins, and it'll feature Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Randy Orton, which is going to be a crazy team. 
The SmackDown team is going to be led by, of course, Roman Reigns and will feature Ali, Cor- uh, Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman, and Shorty G. So that should be very interesting. Now, who will be the five men representing NXT? We will likely find that out tonight on NXT. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts, first of all, on how you think, not necessarily the results for this year's Survivor Series, but how do you think this Survivor Series is going to stack up? I mean, we're seeing some firsts, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. We've got some pretty significant matches that are going to be happening that are triple threat matches as well. What do you, how do you think this is going to stack up? Well, I think that NXT actually changes the game. We've seen Raw versus SmackDown a few times, mm-hmm. but adding NXT, the fresh younger brother, the flyboy on the block, who's making some noise and not afraid of anybody, who's not going to play by their mama or daddy's rules, who's breaking all the rules, the punk millennials, as they call them, they are the ones who are saving the day. Mm-hmm. 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 Because Raw and SmackDown looks like it's still ran by baby boomers. You have skipped my generation. It is boomers versus millennials. Mm -hmm. And so NXT is saving the day. Now, everybody knows Rey Mysterio is going to get tossed around like a ragdoll. Nobody wants to see Brock Lesnar toss Rey around. Right. Now, you may want to see Rey and Dominique jump Brock. Okay. And beat him down to a pulp and leave him bloody. Yeah. Now, everybody wants to see Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Shayna Baszler. That's going to be a great match. Oh, my gosh. Viking Raiders, The New Day, Undisputed Era. This is going to be great. ROH versus NWJP versus WWE. We got you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Too many people involved. It's going to be an okay match. Well, remember, it's go- remember, you got Team NXT involved in there as well. We're waiting to find out right. who they Team are. Team NXT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the match that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Thank you, James White. Because TNA versus ROH mm-hmm. versus New Japan yeah. in a WWE ring. Yeah. Strong style, strong versus styles. Mm-hmm. 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 What a match that's going to be. They're going to be the showstoppers. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to steal the show. It's a dream match. AJ Styles, Roderick Strong, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, the opportunity as the, some would call the mid-card champions uh, to do battle. And as you know, with the history of the Intercontinental Championship, the history of the U.S. Championship, those are usually two of the hardest working wrestlers around. So to have AJ, Shinsuke, and now Roderick Strong in the mix, this is going to be just absolutely special. I'm I'm not concerned about AJ and Roderick. I'm not concerned about uh, that at all. Mm-hmm. Shinsuke style never sits well in the three-man dance. Well, but here's the thing. Shinsuke uh, has had handcuffs on him. Uh, Very ever much si- so. Ever since he left NXT, he has rarely been in a ring with people who could go with his style. His style truly is strong style. Roderick Strong is strong style. AJ Styles can do any style. All three of them together, I think it's going to appear to be the rebirth of Shinsuke Nakamura. So let me ask you this. Are you asking that the NXT producers produce that match? They have to. They have to. 
that that match can't happen uh, with a raw producer. Are you kidding me? No way. No way. No way. No totally how. No agree. chance. No chance. I totally agree with you. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be something I think super super special. Uh, indeed, adding NXT to the mix is gonna be something absolutely amazing. Now I'm sure there's one Josh Spilly who may not feel as though he is as well i don't know he had predictions remember his predictions back for hell in a cell which is where he had uh the fiend winning so that it would be the fiend versus brock lesnar in this survivor series well yeah he he got that all wrong um, yeah. But uh, the reality of it is I don't think he saw the NXT piece of it coming in. And quite frankly, I'm actually glad that we're not getting the WWE champion versus the United Universal champion versus yeah. the NXT champion. Make it yeah. different. Yeah, I totally agree. Having Brock and Ray, they actually have a storyline. Clack loves, loves talking about a storyline. They have a storyline that has gone over two pay-per-views, actually three at this point, and it will make sense. And let's just pray that Ray doesn't get destroyed. No one wants to see Ray get thrown around and tossed. Ray is a legend. Ray has changed the game. And we want to see Ray treated fairly. Well, I, I'm going to throw something else out there that I don't think anybody's thought about that I probably should have waited until next week to throw out. But I'll throw out now. And that is this. First of all, we do remember that there is great history uh, between Brock Lesnar and Ray Mysterio. They do go back a ways. Uh, remember uh, some of the things that have happened between them. But... Let us also remember that for most of us who are giving Rey Mysterio, uh, as Vince McMahon would say, no chance in hell to become the WWE champion, they also did the same thing at a certain No Way Out circa 2003-2004 that saw Brock Lesnar as the WWE champion defend against another Latino great, Eddie Guerrero. And it Man. was that night. Nobody gave Eddie a chance. Brock threw Eddie all around that ring. But Eddie Guerrero left as the WWE champion. So I'm not going to completely throw away the idea that Rey Mysterio could win the WWE title. Listen, that thing right there would be incredible. Vicky Guerrero did a, 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 an article on, uh, I think it on WWE Early this year in July, talking about how much Brock Lesnar actually misses Eddie Guerrero. Wow. So maybe this will be a tribute to Eddie. It could be. Because there are rumors out there that, you know, this match uh, could be the last time we see Brock for a while. Which, again, you know, we've seen so many of these Brock rumors that I- I'm not sure that I really pay, like, legit yeah. attention to them anymore. I'm getting out of the Brock prophecy business because I've been wrong too many times. Yeah, you never really can tell what's going to happen. I don't want to be considered a fall prophet. A, a fall. <laughs> a fall prophet. <laughs> One of those guys say a fall prophet. A fall. Not false, but a fall would. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, Bob, so let me ask this question. Uh, you know, Survivor Series has created some interesting moments over the years, and I think it's oh, also yeah. had its share of challenges in being creative. Um, I want to talk to Let's talk a little bit about uh, what have been some of the most memorable Survivor Series moments for us, and then where we think this Survivor Series will line up for that. So for you, first of all, what are some of your memorable moments from the Survivor Series over the years? Well, you know, I'm a Flair guy. I got to go back to 2005, uh, Triple H versus Ric Flair, Last Man Standing. 
Uh, the album rings out in my ear. Bret Hart, Diesel, 1995, no DQ match. Mm-hmm. Batista, Undertaker, 2007, Hell in a Cell wow. match. And whoever can forget Bret versus Sean, 1992. Of course. Or or better yet, 1997, Bret versus Sean, where we got the infamous Montreal screw job. That's what yeah. happened at Survivor Series. I also think about Survivor Series 1990, the introduction of The Undertaker that totally yeah. changed the game. Or 1991, where The Undertaker won the WWE Championship, thanks in part to the nature boy, Ric Flair. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of it's very... 96, Bret Hart, Stone Cold. Bret Hart, absolutely. That was their first meeting that really started an amazing program um, between those two. I also think about 2014, the introduction of Sting to the WWE um, through a very surprise match that happened. And it was a moment that I don't think many of us will ever Ever the match forget. was going so well. Oh my gosh! Or or then should we talk about? I guess it was now three years ago. Yes, Survivor Series three years ago. Goldberg returns and Woo! beats Brock Lesnar in eighty six seconds. Um, eighty six seconds. Oh my gosh! Some amazing matches. And let's also think about this: the last two years, Brock Lesnar. Uh, which I have to say this: I don't know if people have been paying attention, but this will now be three consecutive years that Brock Lesnar walks into the Survivor Series as either the WWE or the Universal Champion. Um, he did so in 2017, where he ended up battling AJ Styles as uh, the Universal Champion battled the WWE Champion. Last year, he was the Universal Champion battling the WWE Champion, which was Daniel Bryan. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see this year as yeah. he's defending the title. But here's one thing I do want to caution for anybody who's on SmackDown. If you are a champion on SmackDown, do not defend your title between now and Survivor Series. As, ah. the, as the Revival learned last week, uh, it is an unsafe time to be a world champion. Ask uh, ask AJ Styles, ask uh, Jinder Mahal. You don't want to be a champion going yeah. into Survivor Series and defending yeah. the title. I, I, I would just not show up to uh, SmackDown. <laughs> not at all. All in sick. <laughs> do what you got to do. And I'll say this last one. We didn't know it at the time, but what a great match we were watching in 2002. The Elimination Chamber match with Sean, Triple H, Rob, Booker T, Kane, and Chris Jericho. Yeah, it was. As a matter of fact, it was the first Elimination Chamber match that saw uh, Shawn Michaels walk away uh, winning the title. So a big deal. It was his return. It was after his uh, SummerSlam return earlier that year. Yeah, call of the night, Jim Ross. By God, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Yes. So uh, we're going to get ready to go. But before we do, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Faction Championship, which, of course, uh, is is due to be defended at the Survivor Series weekend. And so basically what you're telling me is that he is going to forfeit this title if he doesn't show up next week to make his predictions. And I... Courtney, the Chevion, will be back in business. (laughs) Well, here's an announcement I want to make. Believe it or not, I have been getting suggestions from all over the place as to how the next title defense should happen. And so I think I'm going to make a special announcement about that right now as to what we're going to do. 
uh, in light of all that's happening. Let's see if Bring it on. Uh, Sir Jackson will let me do this. Jackson will let me make this announcement. He, J- Jackson knows his godfather's about to get screwed. That's what it is. He's saying, don't screw my godfather out of this. <laughs> so here's the deal. We've been made, uh, a lot of people have made suggestions, but here's what ultimately I'm going to do since I get the chance to do this. Um, as we see right now, the Survivor Series theme is certainly Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. It is uh, certainly a, an amazing three-way for uh, brand supremacy. And so here's what we're going to do. Brandon J. Clack will be Uh-oh. defending the Faction Championship in a three-way dance. It'll be against the former champion, Courtney Beard. And who and else? The, and the other faction member, yours truly, GB. The, the commission's getting back in the ring? But this won't be any ordinary title defense. Here's what's going to happen to make this even more interesting. Each member of this championship match has the opportunity to choose a fan of the faction to be their partner. Now, you get a chance to choose this. Now, here's how this works out. Whoever, so if the champion wins, if Brandon Clack wins, then Brandon will f- have a future title defense against his tag team partner. Okay. If, if the other if any of the other teams win, then the next time the championship will be defended, it'll be between those two. So I like it. So this is going to be completely different. We're going to give ourselves an opportunity to go through our fan base, see which of these guys we want to choose as our partners. I choose Ryan Lestrade as my as my partner. <laughs> he doesn't even listen to the faction. I don't no. care. <laughs> it has to be a faction listener. <laughs> yeah. You know, put the names in front of them and say, choose you this day. Choose this day. Um, I'm sure somewhere Josh Spilly is wanting to be chosen. And, and I mean, hey, he had a, a significant showing against you, Courtney. And uh, I don't know. But uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. What's going to happen is we will make a decision. Uh, we will let you guys know on social media. And then we're going to connect with each of those team members, make our joint predictions. And next week... We will come back with our predictions for this huge. And now I should also mention that this title defense will include both the Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver. Let's get it on. A true war game situation. It's going to be amazing. That's right. Clack and a partner of his choosing versus Courtney and a partner of his choosing versus GB and a partner of his choosing. And remember, the winning team will then battle for the faction championship before the end of the year. So it's very possible that uh, Clack again could walk away as champion or we could walk away with a new faction champion coming out of Survivor Series. This is going to be matter of fact this this is this is let me make this even clearer, okay? What will happen is the winner all right, so if, if Courtney, if you and your team wins, 
you will be when we win if you win you will be the champion and you will then defend against your tag team partner in the next title defense which will happen most likely in december if i win then i will be defending against my tag team partner uh in the next title defense so one way or the other we could have a new champion and a new number one contender as well this is going to get interesting so in the next couple of days look for uh us on social media to make those types of things so i'm i'm wondering will there be any of our our fans who will be uh rallying to to be on our teams uh, they all want to be on my team i'm uh, certain <laughs> yeah i can i can hear them clamoring right now i i actually think i know who i may choose as my partner but I'll, I'll well, save that. What I'm gonna I'll save that. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You guys stay connected to social media. We're going to let you know who will be choosing as our partners to battle uh, Brandon Clack and his partner in this Survivor Series showdown. It should be absolutely amazing. Here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media, Courtney. That's right. I am Courtney Beard on Instagram, at C Major Beard on Twitter, Courtney Beard on Facebook. I am going to be your new champion. <laughs> well, you can certainly reach me at Bonnerfied on all aforementioned platforms. And of course, you can reach out to us at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'll tell you this if you're interested in being any of our partners, uh, oh, yeah. Don't just sing it, bring it. And I want to I want to say this I love fan interaction. We love fan interaction. So if you really bring it. If you really want to be a fan, if you really want to be on our team, why don't you create a video and uh, tag us in it and put us on social media. Tell us why we should choose you to be our partner in this Survivor Series showdown, which seems to resemble war games. So don't miss it. I'm choosing Jackson. Jackson's (laughs) going to be my tag team partner. I can't lose. I'm going to put the names out and just let them touch them. And he wants to be my tag team partner. He's guaranteed to pick the right ones. That's so funny. Guaranteed. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here. It's been a fantastic show. And stay tuned because uh, the Faction Quick Hits, we've got some super cool things coming. And this Friday, very special interview with NWA superstar Ricky Starks. He'll be joining us this Friday exclusively on podcast, so you don't want to miss it. It's a fantastic conversation so until next time it's courtney it's clack it's gb and we are the faction